everyone. I'm Rachel here with Ari and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. This week we're on episode 166 and we're asking, should you consider the longevity of your books? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and feel free to write a review. Before we get into the topic, I do want to dis- define the term longevity real quick. And basically, longevity is the long duration of an individual life. It's like the lifespan. But instead of talking about people, we're talking about our books for this episode. And it's important to think about the longevity of your books because you want to ask yourselves, what message do you want to give your readers years after the book's release? How do you want your story to be remembered? Because readers read and reread their favorite books for many, many years to come. And when I do say that, you know, when I ask, should you consider the longevity of your books? I'm not saying that you should come up with an idea and sit back and think, hmm, is this going to make sense 25 years from now? I just mean, what's the underlying message you want to leave your readers with and what you want your story and your characters to be remembered for? So what this basically means is the long-lasting impact of your story, because the moral of the story is good for character development and all of that fun stuff, but we don't really think about it in terms of our readers and the long-lasting impact it may have for them, because readers enjoy stories that, you know, they can relate to, and your story can kind of be someone's safe haven, it can be an escape for reality for them, and I think it's safe to say that most writers have the same dream. What if my book gets a movie or a TV show deal? How cool would it be to see my characters come to life on the big screen? And that's all well and good, but you don't see that the characters have already come to life on the big screen in your readers' minds. And, you know, also think about the book reviews you receive. That one star didn't care for the book at all. Okay, that's fine. The three-star reviewer enjoyed it, but it's not their favorite. That's okay, too. But that five-star reviewer may rave about it. It might be their new favorite. And what you don't see outside that review is them choosing their next read from one, two, five years down the road. Maybe they're trying to get out of a reading slump. They'll see your book on their shelf and say, oh, that was such a good read. Let me read it again. And because at that point, once you write your book and you publish it and you market it for a little while and you get a decent amount of reviews, good or bad, most writers tend to forget about that book. And I don't mean they forget that they wrote it or they don't pay it any attention, but they're already thinking about their next idea. They're already writing their other book. In most cases, while they're publishing that book, they're already editing the next book that they're going to publish in a couple of months. So once a reader writes a review, after that, it's not like the reader just forgets about the book. They still think about it from time to time. So what you need to ask yourself is what impact do you want to leave your reader with? If I'm not uh, on this episode much, that is because it's not my episode. And Rachel had some incredible comments and I didn't really feel like I had much more to offer other than to respond. So that's what I am doing. It's not that I'm just like, you know, vanishing into the background. And something you said regarding like the message you want to leave. We don't always consider that our stories have some big, important message, but it can still have that. Even a a story that's got something as simple as, you know, like the quest, 
it can be about overcoming obstacles. And yes, maybe it is the hero or heroine overcoming the obstacle of getting past the damn dragon and, you know, reaching for the golden fleece, if you're into Greek mythology. And it wasn't a dragon, it was a hydra, but never mind. Reaching for the golden fleece. It's still a message about overcoming obstacles, making friends along the way, leaning on other people. So there's all these little things. And books do last especially ones that do have a message. I mean, if you've ever read um, The Portrait of Dorian Gray, I actually read that not that long ago. It's a very hard book to read because of its time. I found just it was a bit dry. But the overall story of um, the overall story of that book and its message within was quite an interesting one. And it's still one of those books that, you know, is quite well known and they've made movies about it and everything. So, yeah, that there are messages in books. And the more relatable, as Rachel said, the better, because that's why we, we we connect to books. Even big old fantasy books or incredible sci-fi books, there are aspects that we relate to. You know, just feels like, oh, my God, it's started in space, you know, 4,000 years in the future. doesn't matter. There will be relatable parts about human struggles, human connections, things like that, that we can all connect with and we can all understand. And having that impact is important. As someone who does reread books, I know there are readers out there who don't reread books. I don't get that. No, no, no shade on anyone, but I do not get anyone who doesn't reread books. I'm not talking all books. I mean, I don't reread nonfiction books and I don't reread every book. If it's a really intense one that's quite, you know, emotionally jarring, I might enjoy it, but I'm probably not going to pick it up again. <laughs> Same with movies, you know. Um, the Green Mile was very intense. I will never watch that again. It was a bit too much for me. But I thought the movie was great. I'm sure the book was great. I haven't read it. But then there are other books that I, I will always reread. And Rachel said it perfectly, that it's like a haven. Oh, my God, so true. I have a set of books on my bookshelf. And they've I've been, had them for years. And they are like visiting old friends. When I am down, when I am feeling depressed, when I am going through bad times, when I had to deal with um, a family loss and had really severe grief, I just reread and reread and reread that set of books because it was like I was meeting friends. And it has an impact because I have read everything that authors have written because I was so connected to that set of books. And I find it interesting because as writers, we're told to find um, comp titles. You go out and you find other books that are out there that have got to be within, I think it's like 10, five or 10 years that have similar themes or aesthetics to your book. It's the idea of like, if you like X, then you will like my book Y. That's the kind of concept. You're telling the readers, you're telling the publishers, my book is similar to these books in enough ways that it might draw the audience for it might draw the audience from those books, not from as in taking their audience away, but, you know, share, share the audience. So it just shows that, yeah, having books that you connect with that then draw you to other books and think, oh, yeah, I, I, I really like those books of that author. I'm going to look at some other books that are similar, either by that author or by someone else. So, yeah, there is there is an impact. I, I especially find that whenever I'm reading books, 
I end up going through like a phase of, of reading all of an, an author's books and then ones that maybe they've recommended or ones that have been in the back of the book saying, you know, like, oh, if you write these, you might like this book. And then I found another author <laughs> just kind of followed along. So I have no idea where I'm going with this, people. So I'm just going to probably just trail off. I apologize. I've been very ill recently, so <laughs> I'm still feeling the effects. Over to you, Rach. No, no, that's fine. Because I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm still, after the addition of my house, I am still slowly moving into my new bedroom. And I got a bookshelf and the first books that I moved into my room were the Warriors series by Aaron Hunter, because that's the series that got me into reading in the first place. And it, it partially inspired me to keep on writing and things like that. And I mean, the first book came out when I was 11 years old. I'm 29 and the series is still going. I'm still reading it. I mean, it's that's my comfort series. I also love cats because cats are great. But that's kind of the point is that I'm out of the entire fan base of the Warrior series. I highly doubt the authors, because Aaron Hunter is a pen name, because they're multiple people, I highly doubt that they're sitting there being like, oh, man, I wonder if our series are sitting on a bookshelf in somebody's bedroom. Like, they're not they're not thinking about that. They're not they they come up with the book, they continue the series and they know it's popular and they do their best to market and they're trying to do fun and unique things for the fan base, but they're not thinking about the individual readers themselves. And I'm not saying that we're supposed to or that we should be because when I talk about longevity, I'm not necessarily saying that you got to be careful about dating yourself and stuff. But I will say something that I mentioned to Ari before we started recording. I actually remember where where my example came from. If anybody has watched The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody on Disney Channel, um, I currently rewatch. I recently rewatched it because the kid I babysit um, is watching it, and um, the character Cody. He was trying to make a reservation at the hotel's restaurant, and I forget the exact year. It might have been twenty twenty three, but the hostess was like, oh, we don't have any availability until 2023. And he was like, 2023, that's 15 years from now. And I nearly choked on my drink because I was like, it's 2023 right now. Like, holy crap, that really, that came up fast. And in a way it, it dated itself. So it's still a joke, but it has an entirely different meaning now. Because watching that you know, five years from now, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, 2023. Remember that year? That was a long time ago. Um, so that's just kind of the point is that you don't really know, like no two readers read the same book in the same way. They all interpret it differently and you can't please everybody. But when you think about what message you want to leave behind with your books, whether it's a series or not, and it doesn't matter the genre either. I'm not saying that your book needs to be a certain genre, it needs to be on a certain topic or in a certain time period in order to leave an impact on your readers. It can be anything, as Ari explained. Like, there are plenty of elements in fantasy that, you know, don't exist, that we know of, of course, but they they still leave an impact on the readers and they still teach the readers something. Because the bottom line is that writing is not simply just a form of art and a creative outlet. It's also a learning experience because for writers, we learn many things through research and we also sharpen our skills on the craft of writing itself. 
But books are also educational tools for readers through its topic, themes, morals, etc. Like the book can be read in classrooms. It can be relatable to real life. It doesn't really matter if it's fiction or nonfiction. And I'll use Number of the Stars by Lois Lowry as an example of this because I read that book. Well, first, for those of you who don't know, Number of the Stars is a historical fiction uh middle grade, I guess you could say middle grade book. And it's about the Holocaust and World War II and about a family who sheltered a Jewish family from the Nazis. And I had to read it in school when I was, I think, in third grade or something. And it was a good book. I didn't fully understand the concept at the ripe young age of uh, eight, but it was a good book. I have it on my shelf. I've reread it a couple of times. And the kids that I babysit when the older one got into fifth grade, he had to read it. So I reread it again and I got more out of the book that time. And then now the kid, I, his little sister is in fifth grade now. So what did we read at the beginning of the school year? We read Number of the Stars. And it's an enjoyable book and it teaches you a lot, but it's just one of those things that I'm like, wow, I wonder if the author knew what an impact this book would have had for literal years to come, because I think the book came out in the late 90s. And it's still being read. It's still being taught in classrooms. That's a good point. Uh, I actually can't remember any of the books I read in school. <laughs> Other than The Hobbit, when I was eight, that's what we read, The Hobbit. And um, a Thomas Hardy one that I hated. I think it was Far From the Madding Crowd. It was just awful. But that was probably because they seemed to pick really bad bad books but the idea that there are books out there that are taught in schools that are constantly referenced and constantly brought up because they have such an impact because it's it's something that needs to be told it's something that needs to be remembered every generation comes through I think that's a really powerful moment and as you said the idea that somebody would write a book and publish a book and have no idea that it would become so impactful so shared i mean i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna switch it to like lord of the rings i don't think that when tolkien wrote lord of the rings or you know any of the you know the hobbit or any of those when he built that world i doubt he realized it would have such a far-reaching impact it is like the quintessential fantasy books (laughs) even if you haven't read them even if you haven't even if you haven't read them, even if you haven't watched the movies, you know about them because they're so big. They're so grand. There's this whole, you know, it's like the good versus evil. It's like the idea of, of like an underdog going through all these hard um, obstacles and tribulations and struggling internally and externally. Lots of great uh, internal external conflict. We're going to love that. And they still matter. They still get thrown around i mean good god we we mention them almost every episode because they are so intense but it was just an author writing stories that he wanted to write that was it i i don't think he went into it thinking this is gonna be epic this is gonna blow everybody out of the water but it did and the same with some movies and the same with other books in other genres there are ones that dominate and nobody knows if you're going to do that because it can it can literally be um partly the skill it could be the time it could just be when your book comes out at the right time at the right place 
that it just rockets you up or it ends up being like Rachel said a book in a school and it captivates people enough that it's like right we're adding it to the reading rotor every time so that every kid that comes through this age gets to read this book and it has that impact and I like the fact you said you read that book when you were like eight and then you've reread it and obviously as you've got older and your personal experience and your maturity has probably pulled out so much more from this book than you ever got when you were younger and I wonder how many other kids have done that have read that book because they had to when they were children and then as they got older, because maybe they had their own children or maybe just they wanted to, they went back to it and found so much more nuance in a book that they, you know, maybe maybe they, they, they read the, they, maybe they read it and got the surface information. But as, as an adult and you, and you learn more and you have that maturity, you feel the nuance deeper. And that's another thing that you get from from good, impactful books. That every time you read them, there's something more you gain from it. Yes, exactly. Um, because even though these books are geared towards that age group, you know, not every kid learns differently. So not every child is going to receive the same information or the same amount of information. And also it's homework. It's for school. So obviously I'm not going to care about it, even though it is such an important topic, such a like number of the stars, that's a really important topic. But at the time I was like, yeah, it's just another book we got to read for school. And then I got older and I reread it and I was like, wow, if I were in Anne Marie's shoes, the protagonist, I don't think I'd be able to do what she did. And, you know, not to get political, but a lot of things are happening in the world today that are, you know, reverting backwards and we're not exactly learning from our mistakes in history. So it adds a whole new meaning to it. And it's it's quite like, I don't know what the right term is. It's not bittersweet, I guess, but it's like, it's scary, but it's at the same time, it's refreshing because you can read those that book and say well the characters got through it so we should be able to get out of it as well we should be able to get through it as well and it's the same thing with um hush by jacqueline woodson she's another really good author that i had to read that book in eighth grade and i <laughs> i'm gonna sound stupid but i read that book in eighth grade and i thought the main character was a mute and I, everything just went way over my head. And I found the book at a thrift store once. And I was like, oh, I remember reading this in school. And I, I picked it up and I reread it when I was older, like years later. And I was like, oh my God, it's about racism. It, they, I, could, I can't remember the, the actual like storyline, but it was about racism and she was keeping a secret. That's the whole point of Hush. And I was like, how did I not how how i don't know i don't know but that's kind of my point about you want your book to have some form of longevity is even if you don't need to sit down and think about it not necessarily but you do want to give some sort of impact on your readers so that 
as Ari said, when they reread it, they do learn something new and they catch little things like foreshadowing and other things like that, that they didn't catch before. Or maybe they're reading it as part of a book club. I didn't mention that yet. You know, your book might be chosen for a book club and you might have people who read your book who have already read it. You might have people who have read other books by you and you may have people in that book club that didn't know who you were before. And imagine the conversation that would go on and they might they might learn things that you didn't even mean to teach. Obviously, you should write your books for you because you want to write something that you're passionate about and you want to write the books that you want to read. But when you think of your audience, don't just do market research of your target audience and the demographics of their age and, you know, things like that. Think about what they may be going through in life and think about how your characters can relate to people in real life and just Think of it as a learning experience for you and for your readers as well. So with that in mind, we are going to turn it over to you guys. Do you consider the longevity of your books at all when you write them? And what messages do you hope your readers get when you're reading your stories? Let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat about it. And remember, we release a new episode every Wednesday. Next week, we are discussing how to create a strong antagonist with a special guest. So to be sure you don't miss it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your way out. And as always, thanks for listening to the Merry Writer Podcast. We'll see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Shiny Objects. We're easily distracted. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.